previously on Masks and Mayhem. His name is Austin Yates, and he's been bartending there pretty much ever since you moved into the area. Back in your first adventure, before we started recording these episodes, this was the same bartender that was there that threw those guys out. Yeah, I have a younger brother. He works at RCI. Wait, did you say RCI? Yeah. Why? Yeah, I worked there for a little bit myself. And there is a man who has kind of a uh, pair of goggles on and like a yellow bandana. And I go, how do you know my name? And he goes and he reaches up and he pulls off the goggles and bandana. And it's Austin. <sighs> yes. Because I know all of my regulars. So we're starting off from where we were last time, and so, Ruby... Yes? It is the middle of the night, and you have just, uh, been... Accosted? I don't want to say accosted. <laughs> that was the only word that I could think of. Yeah? You were you were awoken from your sleep by a noise. There arose such a clatter. I mean, there's no non-burglary way for that to happen. You're right. Uh, and then that person revealed themselves after taking off a... A sort of mask and goggles combo uh, that revealed themselves to be Austin Yates, the bartender at the bar across the street from your house. Last we heard, said he needed your help. Austin, why did you break into my house? Given that we, I didn't really give a very detailed description, imagine sort of a young uh, Cillian Murphy. Ooh, 28 days later, Cillian Murphy. Yeah, yeah, like that, like that era. So yeah, he looks like a little young Cillian Murphy. He's got like a little bit of muscle to him. He's you know tall on the taller side, and he's looking a little dumbfounded. And he kind of just holds up the mask and goggles combo and said, "Ruby, I'm not I'm not here to to uh, recruit you for a heist. I, I'm." And he kind of just looks up at the ceiling, trying to figure out how to put this together. They call me the Hornet. I figured that out from the mask, but also like you're my friend. I assume Austin might like have Ruby's number, right? No, I, I don't. I don't think you're that close. Like, you're—he's your bartender. Like, you've definitely like chatted. We know each other. You could have knocked on the door. And that's when uh, he he lifts the side of his shirt, and you can see like a couple like bullet wounds. Oh my god, are you okay? And he he wheezes. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'll be. I'll be fine. I just. <sighs> have you seen a doctor? No, I try to not have to explain why I have bullet wounds. I don't know. In movies, they always like find shady vets. Did you at least try that? You, you know, I, I got a dog. I'll see. I'll see what my vet has to say about it. <laughs> okay. That's that's not what's important right now. I just when you heard uh, Bill and Maury talking yesterday, and Bill and Maury are the uh, the older guys that frequent the bar you go to. Yeah, I, yeah, I did. Oh my god, are you in trouble with the mob? Nah, nah. Bill and Maury need to need to learn to shut up on occasion. They 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 exaggerate. It's not the mob, but there's well, there's some gang activity going on, and I've been trying to take care of it. I still doesn't sound great, Austin. Yeah, neither does. I don't like gangs in my neighborhood. I mean, fair, and neither do I. But like my friends getting involved with those gangs even less. I mean, not involved. I don't think you're in one. But like, don't get shot by one either, Austin. There's some big stuff going down, and I, I could use someone like you to help me out. Like me? For I guess I have no idea he would know anything about my powers, right? Presumably. Uh, like me? What What do you mean? Ruby, a lot of people can't put two and two together, it seems, but, like, you hang out with Yardak, Yardak fights crime, and, and I'm gonna guess that, uh, that your friend that was at the bar, that was probably the speedy gal... We we all saw you guys fighting at that werewolf thing at the at the concert a couple months back. Well, you forget apparently the like the one smart character that appears in superhero stuff. That's Rachel's commentary. It's just the one person that's always able to figure it out. Like, yeah. Um, well, good job. I guess my math didn't fool you, but okay. Yeah, 
Why did you, like, let me go on and on about the Space Cadet Convention? I mean, I didn't assume that was a lie. I assume maybe you met at a Space Cadet Convention. I didn't, you know, I don't question how you how you met people. I actually met in space, but that seemed like it would be hard to explain. R- Ruby, I fight gangs in a in a neighborhood. I'm, that's a little above my pay grade. <laughs> Ruby, while you and Hornet are having this little discussion, Yardak and Myra have been out sleeping on your couch, uh, like your L-shaped couch. And I'm just wondering, Myra, what are you dreaming about? Um, I'm probably dreaming about how freaking badass and amazing I've gotten with my training, and that I'm just kicking ass all around. Okay, alright. Uh, what what is that? Give me a visual. What does that entail? What do you see yourself doing? I see myself, like, easily subduing burglar-type people. Well, funny enough, there's one in the house. <laughs> You're doing a real good job of, uh, subduing him. I mean, if I was awake, I'm sure I'd apprehend him easily. Alright, and, uh, Yardak, what are you dreaming about? Yardak is dreaming of being back in Atlantis, no real issues, just like a day home. Okay. Because it's been, it's been a little while since we've been back. I mean, Ula Bryn came to visit. Maybe that made Yardak homesick. Yeah, a little more homesick. So we're thinking of Atlantis even while we're asleep. Okay. All right, Ruby, back to to the conversation, though. What do you say next? Well... Okay, first off, let's wake up Yardak because he can heal people, and you have bullet holes in your body. TBH, I did not even think of that. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't think about it for the first part, and when he said Yardak's name, I was like, oh yeah, doesn't Yardak heal people? And I guess you could tell me, I'm assuming you'd also need their help too, because I'll be honest, I'm not that strong. I've just got some powers. I can materialize things out of the nothing, but, you know, I'm not great. <laughs> no, Ruby, I I know you. Obviously, I feel to some degree I can trust you. I've never... You're the first person I've ever revealed this to. Look, I'm not actually much of a fighter. I'm not particularly strong. I, can, I mostly put people in boxes. It's weird. And he scratches his chin. He said, you know, I didn't really actually know what your uh, <laughs> your skill set was. Also, you have bullet holes, and we have a healer, and you don't need to go to a hospital. We have fixed this problem. No sketchy vet needed. Austin looks pensive for a moment and says, All right, wake him up. But before that, Myra, in your dream, where you're kicking ass and stopping muggers, all of a sudden you see, like, a shadowy hand grip your arm, and it just holds you tight, and you try to run, but you can't. And Yardak, in your dream, where you're swimming through Atlantis, suddenly you feel the water constrict around you and begin to crush you. Uh, what? And that's when Ruby comes out and wakes the two of you up. Hey, guys. Uh, I need you to wake up, because something's happening. I wake with a, a gasp from my nightmare. Great timing, because I thought I was going to die. I I was like, oh no, were you guys having bad dreams? I couldn't escape somebody's grip, and I couldn't tell who they were. It was terrifying. I've never been in a situation like that. Yeah, my dream was normal, and then everything went left, and suddenly the water was strangling me in Atlantis. It's weird. I th- This is to me... I'm assuming, like, Atlanteans can breathe in water. Like, that's, like... Yeah, that's uh, that's the whole thing, is... That was a Rachel question, not a Ruby question. I was just like, I was like, that's so weird. Especially, like, I could see me having a drowning dream, but you can breathe in water. So, like, that would be a weird dream for you to have. Also, fun story, so it broke in. So... Well... Wait, what? Austin, who followed you out, pipes in, I don't like sounding like a burglar in this situation. Did you break into the house? <laughs> well, I mean, I was asleep. He, Ruby could have let him in. I'm sorry, who are you? Do you remember Austin from the bar? Oh, okay. I assume he has his mask still off, right? Right, he has his mask off, he's holding it, he's also still got the bullet wounds. Also, um, apparently, remember that, like, uh, vigilante we were hearing about at the bar? Yeah. Apparently it's Austin, he has bullet wounds. Can you help for a sack, Yardak? And then we'll figure out what, you know, what the hell's happening. So he's one of the good guys, not one of the bad guys? 
this is in character. I, I think so. Uh, I mean, I get we can't let him suffer. Uh, he has hasn't done anything wrong, at least that I know of. If he's injured, I I will help him. Okay, just sit down for a second, Austin. And so there's only the couch spaces. Um, so I'm is so Yardex going up to grab some water? I'm guessing. Yeah, I was like walking to the kitchen. All right, so in that case, then he he kind of flops down on the couch space that Yardag left behind. Okay, and then I walk back in with water and uh, lay my hands on his side where the bullet wounds are and heal him. Okay, uh, make a healing roll. So it was a 14 with plus 6, so 20. Well, describe to me what that looks like. You are successful. Yeah, I, I came out of the kitchen with my hand, with the water kind of nebulously wrapping itself around my hands, and I walk over to Austin on the couch, and I lay both hands on his side. So my hands kind of glow blue as the water undulates around my hands as the bullet wounds on his side slowly start to close. And Austin kind of, like, leans back, lets out a sigh, and says, Thanks, Mr. Ambassador. (laughs) Ooh, I like that title. Did you say that out loud? Yeah, I'm trying to, like, crack a joke. (laughs) Alright, so what do you guys do next? Now that he said that, I'm also going to say, So, now that we got you patched up, what's going on? Uh, You show up riddled with bullet holes in the middle of the night and break into my friend's house. I kind of want some answers, and I'm assuming she would as well. Yes, please. Well, uh, you guys caught the tail end of it last night, uh, trying to... Where do I start? All right, so there's this uh, there's this gang that's kind of always, kind of always been in the north end here, but uh, yeah, it's why I'm able to afford an apartment down here. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, they've been making some some big steps lately. More members used to just be like basic bullshit, peddling some drugs or or uh or like you know maybe a, some gun running, you know, nothing too heavy duty, but now. We're seeing higher grade weapons, we're seeing more potent drugs, and it's just getting worse. I'm gonna ask a question out of character first. Okay. So we've said like the Hornet's been like a legend for a while, right? Your familiarity was that the Hornet has been around for a couple years, as far as you're aware. Like 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 two years, you'd say. How long have you been doing this? Austin kinda looks down at the ground and just I don't know, six six years I'd say. Six years. Wow. Do you have a... Wait, I'm the first person you told? Yeah. Jack, you know, the bar owner, I think he suspects something, but I've never told him. So, Ruby here, she touched a rock to get her powers. Do you have any kind of fun little origin story of yourself there? Yeah, do you have powers? (sighs) I guess... Yeah, I was always, like, a little faster and a little stronger than everyone else, but nothing, like, too crazy, but then... A couple years before I started, it started really picking up the pace, and then, I don't know, I just had a bad day, and I and I punched a wall. Well, he pulls up his hand, and he balls it into a fist, and, like, a little crack of electricity comes off of it. Ooh, how iron fist. Interesting. And when I found out I could do that, well, I jumped back about 30, 40 feet. Is this figuratively speaking or actually speaking? Actually speaking. Oh. Okay. Impressive, dude. Why didn't you go and have you tried to get like testing done to figure out like what's going on? Nah, I've kind of, for lack of a better term, petered out. I think like I've, I've kind of hit the peak of what I'm going to do in terms of my power. I've been, you know, I train and everything. It's hasn't really grown a lot. Probably about a couple years now. I mean, we potentially have some space where. You might have better access to train, and you might unlock some things you don't even know that you can do. Listen, I didn't come here for for career advice. (laughs) Why did you come here? Yeah, why did you come here? I felt like I was making it fairly clear. The Blue Cross gang, it's getting real... Making some big moves. It's gonna... Causing a lot of problems for the neighborhood, and I don't want to see more people getting hurt, getting roughed up. Okay, so you break into my friend's house and demand our help, but when we try to suggest other avenues for you you shut it down point blank that doesn't seem so fair to me and he looks a little annoyed at you sir 
I didn't come to talk to you tonight. I came to speak with her and her alone. She was the one who pushed me to come talk with the two of you. Bullet holes, healer. Bullet holes. <laughs> Could have let you suffer. Like I said, six years. I've been doing all right on my own. Well, I mean, you might be able to, to do some more things on your own then, bud. Ruby, I know you're not originally from around here, but I know you care about this city, and I know you care about what's going on, and I figured that, if anything, you'd be interested in keeping this neighborhood safe. Of course I am. Also interested in, you know, keeping you not with bullet holes. I really appreciate that. I really do. And and don't get me wrong, patching me up like this, it's going to make a world of difference to get me back out there. But I just, it's the first time that I felt that it's something I can't handle on my own. And it's a little hard for me to reach out, but I'm trying. Okay, I'm willing to help. Dan is giving this glare and I'm imagining Yardak giving it. Oh yeah, Yardak is just standing there giving him just the look. Like your mom just saw you touch some shit in Walmart and you were about to get it. I was like, look, yes, of course I'm willing to help. Just you gotta take precautions, dude. Alright, well... Also, who gave you your superhero name? Because I can't think of one for myself. I mean, they just call me that. I didn't, I didn't choose it. I try to keep a low profile. Good job. Much sarcasm included. I was doing it for a couple years before anyone knew about it at all. Fair. So is there anything particular going down tonight that you were trying to stop? No, I've got some leads, but I'm not going to be able to really check them out till tomorrow. I just wanted to know if I might be able to count on you to join me. Yeah, sure. But again, I, strength is not my strength. <laughs> <laughs> that movie poster tagline. Ruby, strength is not her strength. Like you said, like you figured out that I was helping them fight, but you don't seem to know what my powers are at all. No, but I figure strength in numbers. True. By the way, I I make objects and illusions and shoot light from my hands. I mean, all of those sound really useful, actually. <laughs> I mean, they are, but like, usually, yeah, you know. It's helpful to, act, to have, like, you know, a teammate with strength. And he uh, gets up uh, onto his feet, and he looks at, at the two of you, Yardak and Myra, and says, Listen, I know I know you guys are helping out with uh, Union and, and, you know, and being an ambassador to the United Nations, and I know that's, like, real high-grade stuff, and, you know, you're not really looking at the little guys down on the ground, but... Well, that's quite unfair of you to put that assumption upon us. Why do you think we do any of this other than to keep everyone else safe? I'm just saying that this isn't the kind of stuff that hero types usually are doing anymore. Are you yourself not a hero type? And he shakes his head and he says, you just don't get it. Listen, I get it. I'm not easy to get along with. You seem fine at the bar. Why is the personality so different here? And he, and he cracks a smile and he says, everyone's got a customer service personality. <laughs> How don't I know it? <laughs> And he actually starts walking to the door, to, back to the door to Ruby's room. Where are you going? Out the way I came. Leave through the door! I mean, it's a lot more noticeable if the guy in the superhero getup leaves out the front door of the apartment building. Fine. Whatever. Just <laughs> Determined you know, here... to be broody. Okay, will you just take my number and, like, call next time? And he takes it, and he shoots you a text, and it just says, thanks, Ruby. I can just put your name, you know, under Austin, because we actually know each other. You could have knocked. And by the time you look back up from your text, he's gone. I feel like I should tell Bethany about this, because she's going to be like, what do you mean that you're working with another superhero? <laughs> Bethany's going to stab you. <laughs> I feel like she's getting over it. So wait, to be clear, are you waking Bethany up now to tell her? What time is it? Uh, it's like 4.30 a.m. No, she was pretty drunk, so Hangover Bethany will not be happy. We'll tell her in the morning. Well, I mean, what what do the rest of you do now? I guess, have Ruby actually got any sleep? <laughs> I mean, you guys have gotten probably like, I don't know, three or four hours. I think we should take another nap. <laughs> yeah. I guess, see you guys in a couple of hours. I don't... Let, let's just do a hard reset on the day. All right, and this is like a, 
This is like a Tuesday night. So like tomorrow being, I guess, actually, sorry. I guess now it's like Wednesday morning. Okay. Gross. Hey, everybody, this is RC again. I'm just coming in again uh, instead of a normal ad this week. Just put in another special request. We got a review on Podchaser and a review on Apple Podcasts, and those have been really good uh, and helpful at getting us a bit more visibility and just getting uh, some more people interested in the show. And I would just ask that if you have been listening, that if you enjoy it, please consider going to one of those two platforms, either Podchaser or Apple Podcasts. Just leave a review with your honest feedback about like what you like about the show and why, uh, like why someone would be interested in it. And and if you do that, tweet at us. Let us know. Like we really like hearing that kind of feedback and knowing what makes people like the show and what we can even do better. So uh, yeah, if you could do that uh, when you're done with this episode, don't stop now, but keep it in the back of your mind. And uh, on that note, let's get back to the game. Okay, so you all go to sleep, and the next morning you wake up. Myra, it's about 8 a.m. at this point, and you've got a text from Lewis. That says, Are we going to be seeing you at 10 o'clock today? Yes, sir. Yardak, you actually also have a text. This one is from a number you don't recognize, but it says, Yardak, if you could come in today, it'd be much appreciated. Signed, Deputy Director Ra- uh, Ramos. Please tell me that it, he actually took the time to spell out Deputy Director Ramos. 100%. Yes. I feel like Yardak would vibe with this guy. Alright, uh, text back. Affirmative. We'll be there ASAP. So yeah, it's like 8 in the morning right now. I guess Myra's woken up. What do you do now that you've woken up? I probably... What's the equivalent of, like, Dunkin' Donuts? You could go to Dunkin', I guess, or you could go to everyone's uh, Riverside's favorite place, which is Lunar Lattes. Oh, right, Lunar Lattes. Yeah, I run to Lunar Lattes, I grab a few coffees and some bagels and cream cheese, and I bring it back to Ruby's apartment to share breakfast. Better put some splash sticks in those cups with as fast as you run. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm very stable when I'm holding things. Okay, so I guess, well, given that you were texting Yardak, you're, you're awake at this point? Yes. Uh, Ruby, what about you? I guess I start to wake up. It's just this is this is what Ruby's gonna say out loud. She's like, "I should become a documentary filmmaker and just film all the bullshit that keeps happening to me." Okay. So as at the, around the same time that you're coming out, you hear like a groan from Bethany's room. Oh. I get up and I bring Bethany a glass of water, and she like takes the water, but is like curling in on herself in her blankets. Thank you, Ruby. Ooh, I want to win points with Bethany and to make her not hate Ruby so much currently. I'm going to go and heal her hangover. Ooh! See, I don't know if we've ever established, Can you? He- could you heal a hangover? I mean, it's a sickness. Right, but, like, you are you do, like, physical wounds. We've never established that you could, like... I mean, technically a hangover is a physical wound. It's a physical... You're dehydrated. Physically, what a hangover is is dehydration. Yeah, hold on, I'm opening up the book and going to healing. While Dan's looking that up, I'm going to go uh, to my medicine cabinet and bring some uh, ibuprofen out to uh, Bethany. I'll just be like, I assume you have a headache, so here. And she slowly sits up and just like nods her head and downs a couple of them. So want to hear a, a weird story? Oh god, what did I do? No, not about you. Oh, uh, okay. What's up, Ruby? Uh, you know Austin from the bar? Yeah? He broke into the apartment last night. Apparently he's a mass vigilante. And at this point, like, she goes from just, uh, like, looking groggy to being, like, wide-eyed and just, what the fuck? I don't know why this keeps happening. Are you, like, a magnet for super people? I don't know. Okay, Apparently he's the first person to actually put together that, like, I'm the one fighting out with Yardak and Myra, though. I mean, besides you, which you already, like, knew that from the beginning. I mean, it makes sense why most people wouldn't, because, like, no one else knows, like, not a lot of people know you. I mean, and and she stops and she goes, I wonder if Azra knows. I don't know. Oh, yeah, apparently, you remember how they were all talking about the Hornet at the bar? Was Bethany there for that? Mm Mm-hmm. It, apparently he's the Hornet. 
I mean, that, that makes a little more sense than, like, a different masked vigilante, I guess. At least it's the one that's, like, based in this neighborhood. But wait, also, but wait, also, the Hornet's real. All right, that's confirmed. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Apparently, we know him, so that's weird. And she throws her hands up and then runs them, like, through her frizzy red hair. And she's just like, wait, 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 wait. But he broke into the apartment? Yeah, apparently he got injured last night and decided he needs my help. And so he broke into my bedroom instead of, like, I pointed out he, to him several times he could have, knocking at the door. What What does he need? Uh, He just said he needed help. Well, last night he had bullet holes. Yardak killed him. He's fine. Also, uh, it doesn't specifically say dehydration, but it says um, <laughs> you can... Wait, where is it? You can heal the fatigued and exhausted conditions as well as damaged conditions. Okay, fine. <laughs> Yay! Bethany just gets the shit end of the stick and we need her to be happy. I would have, like, woke you up last night while we were all talking to him, but I figured he'd be like this this morning and need the sleep. And she nods, thanks. Thanks a lot. And she wraps the blankets around herself and shuffles out into the living room. And I call out, uh, hey, Bethany, just one sec. Yeah, Yardak? I walk over to Bethany and let's roll 12 plus 6, 18. All right, you're successful. I walk up to Bethany with the water I still have from healing Austin, and I put a hand on either side of her head. And once again, the water glows blue as it undulates around my hands as I heal Bethany's hangover. Also, I want to point out you did this without like saying any additional <laughs> words about what you're doing. But you know what? We're going to roll with that. Oh, no, I didn't say anything. I just walked up to her. Yeah, no, I got that. I would have pointed out that I did just mention Yardak healing someone. You see, like, the color come back to her face, and, like, her eyes kind of go from looking a little, like, red and bloodshot to looking, like, just regular. And she's like, oh, my head feels so much better. Thank you, Yardak. That's so cool! Yeah, Bethany, you look like you needed it. And she nods very vigorously. Best hangover cure ever! And so now she, at this point, Myra, have you come back with the bagels? Like, I'm guessing, like, it was probably fairly oh, yeah. quick. It took a second. Well, I mean, you gotta, you gotta get the bagels, and you gotta... You didn't steal the bagels. I assume you paid for them. You gotta walk into the store like a normal person. Yes, that's fair. So it took, like, five minutes. Okay. Uh, and now you're back from Lunar Lattes, and Bethany claps when she sees the bagels. She's like, yes! <laughs> yes. Feel free, take one. Take two. Bethany feels like how Rachel feels about bagel, which is best breakfast. Yes. Do I sound Jewish right now? <laughs> I mean, I also love bagels, but that's... East Coast. Yeah. Is that an East Coast thing? Because I fucking love bagels. Okay, Bethany kind of just sits down all happy now, and she's just putting putting her uh, cream cheese on her bagel. Yeah, he just said something about, like, help me tomorrow. He didn't give me very many specifics, so I don't know what's going on with that. And she kind of just nods, and is just kind of munching on the bagel and goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I told her about what the hell happened last night, because also, I also feel like she should know about the person who broke into the apartment. I feel like once we gave Bethany the bagel, she really just accepted a bullet-ridden stranger breaking into her apartment. And you know what? <laughs> yeah? I resonate with that. <laughs> mood. Big mood. <laughs> You've been to space, you fought a shapeshifter, you made friends with a werewolf. I'm stopped. I'm not really as phased anymore. Good, good. It's been literally a year of weirdness since, like, that whole weird mugger incident. Oh, yeah. Alright, so at this point, it's a little closer to, like, say, like, we're getting closer to 9, maybe almost uh, 9.30. So uh, we're going to finish up our bagels, and Myra and I are heading out. I guess Ruby has some plans with her with her little cape crusader. Oh, I have Austin, yeah. no idea. <laughs> well, he said not till, he said tomorrow night. Yeah, I said like tomorrow night. So I guess, I'm guessing you guys probably have to head over, do ambassador and union stuff. Yeah. Correct. Well, I'm not, I don't know what I'm getting into. Ramos texted me, so who knows? This might be new for me. I'll be, I'll be very serious. Just a deep voice. Yardak uh, gives her this, some stern scrunched eyebrows. <laughs> no fun. Do you guys travel together, or how does this go? I hop on Myra's back and she piggybacks me. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm down. Before I get called into more shenanigans, which I'm sure will happen sometime today, I will get back to doing some editing. For once, actually getting a chance to help Bethany. <laughs> no. Let me see my strength, because I'm just curious now, like, can I actually even lift Yardak? Probably not. Well, Yardak, how much do you weigh? Uh, 225 pounds. I feel like she can. She's land pony. I am sea pony. But but what's your strength score? Two. Yeah, no, I think you can lift Yardak. Okay, then sure, I lift him and- I mean, it was a joke, but I'm all for this. It saves time. It'd be a bit of a struggle, just so you know. Yeah, you could lift Yardak, but it'd be like- Thanks for clarifying. I just wanted, I wanted to know for sure. If we were in combat, you'd be, you'd get a fatigue. We, we could also, I could also drive, or I guess not drive, I can also just walk there. Call yourself an Uber? <laughs> Go by wave! Remember, he travels by wave. Yeah, he can. I mean, yeah, but I, I mean, there is the river. I can just, like, plop in and swim on over to Union. I mean, it's not, it's not right next to the river in the Union base, at least. I just shoot on out Aquaman style. So you piggybacked over to Union, and so you walk in, you know, to the giant government building, through the security center, and uh, what do you do next? I give a little salute to, what's his name, Paul? Isn't that his name, the guy that, uh... The guy at the door? Yeah, the little metal detector guy. Uh, I don't think we ever established his name. Paul. His name is Paul. Uh, Agent Paul. Agent Paul. His first name's Agent. Yeah, his first name is Agent. No, 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 no. His name is Paul. His first name is Paul. You've never asked him his last name, and he's never felt the need to give it to you. Okay, so we walk in, and I give a quick little two-finger salute and nod and say, Hey, Paul, as we walk by. Hey, Yardak. And gives a little two-finger salute back. Actually, no, he, uh, he suddenly gets very serious and, like, furrows his brow and puts his finger up like a mustache and gives his own, like, serious salute. Also, every time I picture Ramos and his thick, burly mustache, I just picture, like, a Spanish Steve Harvey. (laughs) (laughs) Think more like, like a, like a crew-cut Tom Selleck. Okay. Once, uh, we had a mustache day at school and I made a Tom Selleck mask. Horrifying. Alright, so, so Myra, what do you do now that you're, you guys are in the base? Who texted me again? Lewis. Lewis, right. Um, I go to his office uh when you when you get up to his office he's kind of just shuffling through some paperwork and uh he sees you out the door and he kind of waves you in walk in i head towards him hey myra uh, i um i know that we were discussing yesterday about frank leaving and with him being gone i'm we're not quite at the point where i feel comfortable having just a single person inside the horns to train i want to get someone else who's qualified to run the controls while you're in there okay but I just thought I would check in and see how, uh, you know, how things are going. I know, I know it's been a bit of a shakeup. Yeah, but things are going all right. I think it's a good idea to still have someone in there with me. Even though I'm pretty sure I could do it, but it's better to be safe. I'd rather be safe. Don't want another Hollow Knight situation, am I right? No, thanks. While you're having that conversation, Yardak, you head over to Ramos' office. All right, I jog up the stairs, taking them two at a time as I make my way up to Ramos' office. All right, his office, he's uh, he's taken Bullard's office in the top floor in the back. So I walk over and uh, give a quick little rap on the door. And you just hear, come. Oh, yikes. Okay, uh, I open the door and I said, uh, you beckoned? He cracks a small smile and says, yes, Yardak, thank you for coming. Come on in. Yeah, what's, what's going on, Ramos? Uh, well, when you walk into the room, you can see that it's definitely changed a bit since Bullard was there. The mural has been taken down, uh, that was of, uh, Bullard and her old team, and, uh, along with her awards and whatnot, replaced with what appears to be, uh, some of Ramos's own military distinguishments, and, uh, in place of what was the mural is now a large world map, and you can see that there are different lights, uh, denoting the various Union bases, it's like a digital map, and you can see another other little dots scattered across it as well. Is each dot a union thing, or a union base, or is that, or do I not know that? It's not labeled. Okay. And he beckon and Ramos beckons you to take a seat. All right, so I uh, take a seat at Ramos in front of Ramos's desk and kind of nod like yes. I know. Yesterday when we spoke, I had said that union would be well a bit more hands off. And that is going to be the case, but I had something that I was asked to personally deliver to you. Oh? 
and he pulls out an envelope and hands it over to you. You see your name written in like a very nice cursive handwriting. All right. I uh, take the envelope from Ramos and open it up. Inside is a handwritten letter uh, addressed to you, and it's from Director Bullard. Oh, Betsy, what's she have to say? I'm going to send you the text actually via messenger real quick. Okay. So it'll be like me reading it, like in my Yeah, I want, I want you to read it. Yeah. I open up the envelope and I find this letter from Betsy and it says, Yardak, I didn't get the chance to articulate this in our last meeting before I left. You've done so much in the short time since you've joined the surface world and worked alongside Union, and I am truly grateful. But I implore you to seek out your chances to rise to the challenge of your position. Atlantis needs a face to the world. King Yarkaven picked you, and I can see for good reason. Some choose the spotlight, and some are chosen. Good luck, Yardak. Best, Betsy, Union Executive Director. Aww. Betsy, look at that. We like, we, we became friends. Not Ark. <laughs> Ramos has kind of just been sitting there with his uh, hands crossed in front of him. I hope that I did not take you away from anything important, but Director Bullard thought it was vital that you got that sooner rather than later. Okay. I'm looking at it. I'm like trying to decipher, like, is there, like, something, like, a message in this? Yeah. Yeah, you just read it. <laughs> well, no shit, Sherlock. But I mean, like, a hidden message or something. I mean, I guess if you want to roll insight is the only thing I can think of that would apply to the scenario. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I will. Um, Try to read between the lines. Yeah. Insight to read between the lines. 16. And my insight is... Oh, come on. Scroll up. My roll itself was 60. So it was a 26. So is there... I mean, I'm assuming that that would me. I would know if there was. Yeah. All you pick up out of this is that Betsy truly considers you a, a good friend. Oh, okay. I accept that. I'm going to write her back then at some point. Ramos gets to his feet and says, I, of course, have not read the letter myself, but I see that it has uh, had a good effect. If you'll excuse me, though, I do have to get back to work. Oh, so uh, was that the only reason that uh, you needed me in today or was there anything else going on? Nope, Mr. Ambassador. Like I said, we'll keep in touch, of course, but this was strictly a matter of professional courtesy. So if that's the case, and this is probably my favorite call into the base so far. No disasters, no loss of life, just a nice letter. And he reaches out to shake your hand. I'll give him a quick little up and down handshake. Nothing too extravagant. And he releases his grip. He looks at the map behind you, and there's just like a little, one of the lights is blinking red. And he says, all right, Yardak, yes, I must get back to work. Do I notice that he looked? Uh, You notice that he looked behind you. Okay, uh, I'll turn my head and I... Do, do I know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, pre- it's pretty evident. I mean, because all the other lights are, like, blue and white, and then this one's blinking slightly red. Okay, so I'll kind of look to see, like, what the hell is he looking at? And I look over, and I was like, oh, does uh, the glowing light mean anything bad? Is is there something I can do? Sorry, when you look at the map, you actually see that the uh, glowing red light is in DC. So that's... Okay. And he says, no, no, it just means that there is an active situation. And when we have those going on, I like to keep a a close monitor on them. Gotcha. Well, uh, I guess you can call me in if uh, that situation gets any worse then. Absolutely. Thank you, Yardak. Alrighty, I guess I'll see you later, Ramos. And I'll give him a quick little salute and walk out the door. All right. Myra, meanwhile, back with Lewis. You know, you're discussing potential opportunities for the day. You know, Myra, what is the next step that you want to work on improving on yourself? Where do you feel as an agent you need more experience? I think I need to learn how to stay calm in stressful situations. Because I just had a nightmare last night in which someone grabbed my hand and I wasn't able to escape and I was going to panic. Oh. Is this a reoccurring nightmare? No, this was the first time I've had a nightmare of this kind. But it sort of freaked me out. And I wouldn't want a situation like that to happen in person. I get that. I get that. We're put into stressful situations and our mind, you know, does try to find ways to deal with it. That might be, might be getting a little bit of kickback in your dreams, possibly, you know, what with everything that went down with, uh, with, well, Miss Emily Hahn and I mean, the, the myriad of things that you've dealt with over the past couple months. Exactly. Let's revisit that if it continues, but I think for now we'll just, uh, we're just going to have to keep working on improving your reflexes. And I think the next step will be more of your investigative skills. Okay, works for me. 
but I don't really have any particular assignments lined up for today, so I'm going to let you be free to do what you need to do. Oh, okay. At that point, then, he uh, just sort of beckons you out the door. All right, bye. Let's shoot for 10 o'clock again tomorrow. Okay, sounds good. I'll be there. I'll try to have something lined up for you to have a little more to do. Perfect. I can't wait. Ruby, meanwhile, you and Bethany have been doing some editing while the others left. And you're... Bethany takes off her headphones after just finishing a scene and says, Ruby, I think... I think we're like a week away from being done. Yeah, I think we're getting close. I'm so excited. I mean, I think there's going to be like a little bit of ADR work to do with the with some of the vocals, but honestly, it's things have been going so smooth. Yeah, hopefully it keeps up with that and not I don't know, whatever the hell's happening with the rest of my life. <laughs> and she sort of nervously wraps her fingers on the desk. Are you going to go take Austin up on his offer tonight? If he if he calls? I guess I'm worried. How old is Austin? I'd say late 20s. How old was he when he started this? Early 20s, yeah. I was like, probably, because I'm, sc- I'm scared he's going to get shot again. Legal. I I wasn't asking for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you need, and you know his last name, so you know he's in danger. Oh, no. You don't understand, Bethany. Every time I learn a man's name, he dies. I have to protect him. I'm worried that he's going to get hurt again. He didn't seem... He seemed so nonchalant about the fact he showed up with bullet holes. He's been doing this for a lot longer than you. Maybe maybe that's just part of the gig. I don't know. I haven't gotten shot. She does it... It's like slightly sarcastically, but she makes a little crossover herself. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and also she knocks on her desk, which is made of wood. He's also saying he's scared that it's beyond, like, just one person now, and I'm worried that if I don't go out he's with him, he's just going to go out by himself and get killed, and, like, that would be bad. Like, yeah, it sounds like he needs his help. I've You said it was the Blue Cross gang, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of them. I thought they were, like, nobodies. That's the kind of thing where, like, kids who got out of high school and aren't doing anything, that's who ends up in the Blue Cross gang. Yeah, well, that's what he was saying, that, like, things have gotten worse lately. I'm surprised we haven't heard more about it, then. This is out of character, but it'd be really funny if, because, like, the gang is the Blue Cross, if Ruby and What's-His-Face were, like, the protectors, so they became Blue Shield. So it's Blue Cross, Blue Shield. <laughs> Good lord. Oh, I thought you were going to make a joke because Bethany just made a cross. They're like, turns out Bethany's in the gang. And I was like, please don't put Bethany in the gang. Turns out Bethany's the leader of the gang. Oh my god, that would be so badass. I guess, but like, I don't know. I don't even know if he's going to call tonight. He just said he had to like investigate today. Okay. Ruby, is this going to is this going to be like this from now on? I don't know. Like like at least with like being with Union, it it feels safer. I just I don't know. You keep meeting people with abilities and getting sucked into all these situations and tangled up in their lives and just like do you still want to be a filmmaker yeah of course it's just i don't know i feel like i have a responsibility to like use these powers especially when people i know come like bloody and ask for my help and she curls her blanket like around herself and like kind of like scrunches up and is just Looking very scared. There's also that a bunch of the Union people left, and now they're like, oh, we need more people, like, to do stuff on their own. So I don't know if that means they're going to be, like, doing a lot less of the protecting around here. Then maybe we need more heroes on the ground, like Austin, apparently. I just... Ruby, you're... You're my best friend. And just, I'm, you know, you talk about him coming in and getting shot, but, like, he he brushed it off. Like, what if you get shot? We haven't seen any evidence that your powers really do anything for healing, right? No. That's why I keep your deck around. That's not that a character. <laughs> and I just, like, I don't know. We've, ever since we've known each other, we've always been so in sync. And just, with all this... 
I feel like I'm not a part of this, a part of your life in the same way. I'm sorry, I didn't didn't mean for that to happen. It's just a bunch of stuff happened. Like, this all basically began with me being sent into space. I mean, technically, space came to you first. Oh, yeah, I guess so. But, like, I wasn't really doing anything with it until it was, like, literally I was thrust into the situation. I'm just scared, Ruby. <sighs> me too. And this discussion happened after a number of hours of editing. Okay. And it's it's the afternoon, but of course, since it's mid-January, you look outside and you can see that the, well, the sun is setting on Riverside City, and the night is coming. I'm going to point out that I've been saving every goddamn five minutes. She has an egg timer next to her desk, and every time it goes off, she clicks save. Yes. Also, I assume we're using my computer, because her computer caught on fire yesterday. Uh, well, she's actually, the reason that you've been able to edit in the same room is because she's actually been on her laptop today. Okay. Two computers, fancy. All right, it's nighttime now. What have the rest of you been doing this evening? I'll say it's around eight o'clock now. Yardak's just been taking a me day. He's been walking around Riverside City. He went to Lunar Lattes. He really liked his bagel, so he went back and decided to get some lunch. And then just, you know, perused. What has Myra been up to then? I feel like Myra, since she'd have the time off, she'd start thinking about the conversation she had with Ruth and how RCI is like a sketchy place to work for. So she called Mo just to, not to tell him anything about the conversation she had, but just to ask him how he's doing and make sure that work is okay. And Okay, well, let's uh, let's play that conversation out then. So Myra calls Mo. Hello, Myra. How are, how are you doing today? Hey, Mo. I'm great. How are you? What, what time is it when you call him? What time did I leave Union? Like around, let's say noon. Okay, so let's say I called him at like 2 p.m. Because I was like sitting on the thought and then I was like, okay, no, I need to find out. Okay. Yeah, I just woke up a little bit ago and I'm getting ready for work. So late? He works night shift. Oh, right. I had today off, so I just wanted to call and catch up and find out how you're doing. Is work treating you well? Yeah, yeah. This promotion's been going amazingly. I... I'm really loving it. That's good. So you're happy? Yes, of course. I Okay. I'm still working through school, but and I have no intentions of stopping, but yes, RCI has been treating me very well. Oh, good. I just wanted to make sure. I just miss you. Oh. Well, I mean, I don't have to be at work for a few hours. Do you want to grab lunch? Yes, I would. Awesome. Okay. Let's meet at Lunar Lattes. <laughs> Okay, so the two of you meet up at Lunar Lattes, and you have a nice lunch together, and and your brother seems very happy. So I have, like, no doubts that, that he's not happy. No, no, he's, he seems ecstatic. No reason, um, no reason to believe otherwise. Okay, so then let's say that I temporarily put the worries from Ruth out of my mind. Okay. Well, as the sun is setting, Mo bids goodbye and says, okay, I have to get to work now. Text me if you need anything, of course. Will do. So he takes off. Actually, because you were downtown, he actually just uses public transit. Okay. Not long after that, you actually get a text from Ruth. It says, hey, Myra, are you busy? I reply, no, what's up? It might not be anything, but I just wanted to let you know. Remember how I was feeling real weird about Red Crystal? Yes. I'm going to let Yardak know, too, but, like, turns out Red Crystal is actually a subsidiary of Wagner Industries. <gasps> Dun, dun, dun. Oh, my God. I mean, he owns a ton of companies. It just, like I said, uh, something about it stood out, so I wanted to let you know. No, thank you for telling me. That is something that is good to know, and I'm going to look into it. <sighs> oh, I just had such a good idea. You know what? No, I want to keep it a secret, because I think it'll be really good. Okay. Hey, this week's Intel Drop is brought to you by Pope Brandon Brownson. Unibon is a former spacefaring warlord who was overthrown in early 2018 through the combined efforts of multiple heroes including Yardak, Ruby Lawson, and Gemini. Raised as a slave in the far-off world of Varm and assigned to the scientist Orkalo, Unibon was treated viciously and with no dignity. This all changed when the pair visited the landing site of a meteor. In the crater sat a gold scepter which irradiated an unknown energy. 
Unibon found himself drawn to it, as though the scepter called out to him. Against Orkalo's orders, Unibon seized the item and was filled with immense power and knowledge. Unibon then killed Orkalo and used the power of the scepter to overthrow the ruling class of the planet. The scepter then drew him to build an immense spacecraft named the Blitz, which would allow his people to leave the planet. Once they were off-world though, Unibon's lust for power grew and grew. Eventually, the upper layer of the Blitz was converted into an arena, where Unibon would put representative of different worlds to the test of his immense strength. This continued for years, until the unlucky warlord decided to summon heroes from Earth. This intel drop was brought to you by Pope Brandon Brownson. Looking for someone on YouTube to make you laugh, plus creates original music and cool remixes? Well, the Pope of the Internet has you covered. You can find a link to their channel at masksandmayhem.com support. Now, let's get back to the game. And so, later in the evening, Ruby, you get a text from Austin. Uh, what does it say? Ruby, if you're available, I want to meet at the corner of Poplar Street and Orange Street. Okay. What time is it? At this point, it's like 9pm, and that's like six blocks from your house. Okay, so I'm going to assume we've been, we've been editing most of the day. Yeah. I'm going to hit save one more goddamn time. <laughs> Everybody save. That's, that's Rachel's PSA. Save your work. And tell Bethany. I just got a text that Austin wants to meet. And she looks scared again. She says, okay, um, where does he want you to meet? Poplar Street in Orange. Is there anything I can do? I don't know. I'll, I'll text you if, if I need your help. If something goes down, at least I have powers to, you know, I don't want you to get hurt either. Okay, I'm gonna try to keep myself distracted, but I'll keep my phone on. Can I use your computer to keep editing? Sure. Cool. I guess, good luck? Take a sword? I don't know. I can make a sword. I've done it before. And she gives like a tentative thumbs up. (laughs) Alright, so... I guess I... Can I walk there? Yeah, like I said, it's only like six blocks. Okay, I walk there, because I don't feel like parking my van. Ruby hates parking as much as Rachel does. Preach. Did you reach out Did you reach out to Myra Yardak? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, I'm going to say I'm coming, and then I'm going to ask of luck. I'm going to tell the Yardak and Myra that I'm, like, something's going down. Just... And he gives, like, the little uh, fingers up rocker emoji. We established that my character's from Texas. Yes. He just said her hook horns. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes, he did. On uh, Totally on purpose. And I'm just gonna be like... I'm just gonna send back, hook him. And he just responds back with a question mark and says, okay. And I'll be like, I'll explain in person. What happens next? And I will send Myra and Yardak, and I'll be like, I'm meeting with Austin at Poplar Street and Orange. Yes. Um, I, I don't, I have no idea what's going down yet. I'll... Try and keep you guys informed. I'm assuming we have a group chat. I That's up to you guys to determine. I think that's a safe thing. What's the name gonna be? We need a team name. Ooh. Ponder on that a different day. Yeah. Yeah. Can we just be the super friends? Sure. Super friend chat. Okay. And then I'm, I'm just gonna walk down there. So, like, did you suit up? Or did you do anything different? Um, I don't want to draw attention to myself, so I think I'm just wearing, like, my normal clothes. I mean, I don't have, like, a bulletproof vest or anything to throw on, right? No, not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Maybe that's something, maybe that's what the next non-film thing she should buy, a bulletproof vest. I mean, you could make one, right? I don't think, can I make something that extreme? Uh, I wouldn't say you'd be able to make something that dense, would be the thing. Like, you could make, like, some kind of basic armor. But yeah, I'd want something that I don't want to, like, stand out. So I'm just going to throw on, like, my normal thing, and then I'll put a mask on if, like, fighting starts going down, because I can make that. Okay. So, yeah, you approach Poplar Street, and you get a text from from Austin that just says, look up. I look up. And he is, like, perched on top of a building and kind of motions. So dramatic. And he motions to the fire escape to, like, join him up there. (laughs) Does he also motion to the bangs that are oh so cleverly covering his eyes as he... Drops his head like so. <laughs> no, he has his, uh, his, sorry, he has his mask and goggles on. Oh my god, is this one of those fire escapes where Ruby has to, like, jump up to grab the, like... No, it's already descended, so you can access it. Okay, so I guess I climb up. I want to point out that my normal outfit involves a dress, so this is a little annoying. Good thing I have some tights on. So yeah, you climb up, it's like a three-story building. 
And it's like, like you climb up a little bit of ladder and then it's like zigzag stairs up the rest of the way. Yeah. And so you get to the top and he's just uh, perched and he kind of swings around and looks at the uh, opposite corner from, from the building he's at. Oh, by the way, Austin, that is the symbol for the University of Texas. Hook'em horns. Let's do the hook'em horns. Oh, I, I didn't know that. I was just like, rock on, you know, whatever. Cool. I mean, it it is like one of the biggest schools in the nation. Uh, weird flex, but okay. If he wanted her to know that it was rock on, he should have used that Steve Aoki emoji. So you, so you also speak in memes. It's 2019. Everyone does memes now. Big mood. Can that be the moment she shows up, please? Yes, that's exactly what happens. He turns and he's like a little startled by it. He's like, oh, okay, you're here now. Cool. I'm assuming I'm used to her doing this, so I'm just like, hey. Hi, guys. He uh, crouches down and he points across the street to like a little bodega, uh, which is the Cabbage Hill Food Mart. Okay. And he points to it and you can see three guys with like blue bandanas inside. Ooh. Okay. I've been tracking these guys for a little while now. They're... I don't know, I think there's some bit players, but they're part of the Blue Cross gang. I assume that's what the bandana means. That's out of character. I assume Ruby would know that in... Uh, not necessarily, because like I said, the, the Blue Cross gang is not, like, super well-known. Okay, should I make a roll whether I know? Uh, yeah, yeah, make an intelligence check. Um, I might not have known that. <laughs> if uh, you want to make one as well, Myra? Uh, ten. Um, oh, I just got a nine. Well, for Ruby, actually, when Bethany was kind of talking with you about it, she kind of, like, mentioned something about, like, I think they wear blue bandanas. Okay. Uh, but Myra, you're not familiar. Mm-hmm. And he points out at them and he says, they hang out at this convenience store a lot, so I've been just kind of waiting to see if, if anyone higher up the food chain maybe comes by. Okay. So is this recon right now, I'm guessing? Yeah. And I was thinking... Maybe one of you two could go down there and, I don't know, buy something. Ruby? Okay. Sure. I have to get- I have to go down again? I mean, I can- I can jump you down. Um, what? Is that one of your powers? Yeah, I can- I can leap. Cool. Bargain basement Superman. This <laughs> is a little Jessica Jones to me, actually, that part. But I like Jessica Jones. This guy's a butthole. No, we're trying to stay incognito, right? Yeah, yeah. So I should probably just climb down. After you get down from the fire escape, you'd have to go around the corner anyway. Oh, whatever. Just let me down then. And he kind of puts his arms out. What are you doing? Like piggyback ride? I can just like pick you up. What's the least weird way to do this? What an interesting looking question. I don't think there is one. What's the safest way to do this then? Uh, if that's the case, he kind of like grabs you around the side and just jumps. Okay. Uh, and he lands kind of softly, lets you down, and then jumps back up. Interesting. And then I go to the bodega. All right. Uh, you walk in and there's like a like a nerdy looking like 17 year old. He's manning the cash register. He's not wearing a blue bandana. He's just kind of there. And he's got like cheap Harry Potter-ish glasses. They definitely have like a, like a little bit of tape on them. Oh, poor kid. Now you look around and there's three guys that you can see right now in the in the bodega just kind of meandering about uh, in the blue bandanas they kind of eye you up as you come in the ones looking at you like a little too closely like uncomfortably closely but they basically like just mind their own business i pretend to ignore him but i would like to make a perception check see if i notice anything okay Ooh. what do i i think this is the okay i rolled an 18 apparently i don't have any ranks in perception Okay. When you walk in through the front, there's one that's immediately in front of you, one just a little bit behind him, and then one on the opposite side of the uh, the counter. Are you trying to perceive anyone in particular, or just kind of like a general layout? A general layout. Just like, figure out, see if there's anything there that looks super suspicious. Okay, what'd you roll again? 18. The guy closest to you, you're not 100% certain, but it looks like he might have like the outline of a gun underneath his shirt. Creepy. He's wearing, like, uh, big, baggy, like, basketball shorts and, like, a jersey. Okay. The one that's behind him is the one that was kind of looking at you creepily. And he's got, like, jeans, a uh, tank top on. And uh, the other one is just kind of, like, literally, like, comparing two packs of candy. Like, just looking back and forth between them at, like, the nutrition facts. (laughs) Okay. The nutrition facts of candy. Who cares? What tastes better? 
Some people care, Ruby. I mean, if it's two candies, not good. Like, that's the nutrition. I am going pretend to be, like, perusing the, like, snack, the snacks, like, chip aisle. I'm assuming there's one of those. It's all kind of like one big rack in the center, and then there's stuff along the walls as well. Okay, I'm looking at the snacks, like the chips. And the guys kind of walk around, like not like not towards you, they just kind of walk almost in the opposite direction of you. Mm-hmm. And the one says, are we going to do anything tonight? This is boring as hell. Just keep chill, all right? All right, we're going to we're going to make the deal. We're going to get up, we're going to get paid, and we're going to go home. I'm just going to like casually take off take out my phone and just send a text that just said they said something about a deal. And then I'm going to put my phone back in my pocket and grab some chips and walk to the nerdy guy who I assume worked here, right? Yeah, yeah, he's he's the cashier, he's behind the counter. Yeah, I just walked to the cashier. Hi, welcome to Cabbage Hill Food Mart. Hi, just these, uh, chips, and is there anything that's, like, behind the counter that's not cigarettes that I would need, like? Uh, yeah, there's, like, smoking tobacco and magazines. Okay, and then I'm just gonna point to a, like, some gossip magazine, and one of the, what, I don't I'm trying to think of, like, a, a go- like a fake gossip magazine, the title, but. Celebs Now. Yeah, and a Celebs Now, please. Okay. And he grabs one and he throws it into a paper bag and hands it over. The counter has like a gated area, like a little bit of fencing with a hole underneath he can reach through to like, you know, get the money and give stuff out. Yeah. I give him however much it costs. Have a good night, I guess. You too. Be safe out there. I'm not going to learn this dude's name. He'll die. (laughs) (laughs) I just going to start walking back to the corner. Uh, And as you as you walk out, there's like a little uh, a little a straight cat that kind of just walks by. I was going to say, hi, kitty. All right, so you walk back to the corner? Yeah. Okay, do you climb back up the fire escape, or what are you doing? Yeah, I guess I go back up the fire escape and tell them about the conversation I heard. Is Yardak also joining tonight? I thought this, I was very much not invited to this. No, no, I put it in the group chat. Oh, see, this whole time? Okay. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, all right, whatever, then. Let them go off on their little... That's why I asked that we had a group chat. Oh. Uh... I disconnected there. I was like, okay, I guess this is just like a one-off for her and uh, Myra. Okay. After she gets back up, Yardak, have you been on your way? Yes, uh, I arrive uh, right as she's walking out of the store with her goods. Okay, so yeah, so you arrive right as Ruby gets back up up on the fire escape. And I gotta say, like, they said something that they were getting bored waiting for some kind of deal to go down, and then they would go home. There one dude, it looked like one dude had a gun on him. I didn't want to, like, stay in there looking suspicious for too long. Okay, so, uh, since I'm just getting here. Uh, so it was just, what, a couple guys and they didn't really, kind of low level, you do think? Yeah, so far. Okay. Hopefully it stays that way. This That'll be a lot easier to handle. Mm-hmm. So the door to the bodega is, like, always constantly open, so you can kind of, like, hear some of what they're saying. And all of a sudden you hear a door slam open inside the bodega? Ooh. From, like, the back of it? Mm-hmm. God damn it! <sighs> they rescheduled the deal on us again. And the other guys just groan, Are you kidding me? Wait, so a person that's in the bodega knew about the deal? Yes. Like, a person that works there? You cannot see the person who just spoke. Oh, okay. Because, okay. like, when I like heard, like, door inside, I figured, like, somebody was, like, coming out of the office or something. There were two doors that you could see. One was, like, to the storage room, and one was, like, to a bathroom. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they could have went into a bathroom, and but they, uh, yeah, they slam out there. Could I recognize the voice? Like, because I was just like looking at them. You heard three people groan, so like you can tell like this is a new, a separate oh. person. But the voice sounds weirdly familiar. Can I? What? Can I make a check? Yeah, if you want to roll perception. Um, I rolled an eighteen again. You can't quite place it, but you just are like this voice is weirdly familiar. I'm just going to say, that voice sounds kind of familiar. Does it sound familiar to you guys? Uh, Seeing as how she rolled an 18 and didn't really get it, I'm going to say that I didn't really understand it either. But I'll say, hey, Myra, do you think maybe you could quick run down and come back and see if you can't see who it is? Oh, that's probably a good idea. I was going to roll. If you want to roll perception, you can. Okay, that's not going to happen. That was a four. I think it's the other bartender. Ooh. The other bartender was Jack, the owner of the bar. I just want to be clear. Yeah. What better way to launder the money through your own club? Yeah, I could run down there real quick. 
All right, I'm going to need you to roll stealth then. Okay. Skills. Okay. Uh, 14. Okay, yeah, uh, you get down there. So when you run down, you get a brief layout. You see the guys that Ruby described earlier, you know, guy wearing the sports stuff with a, gu- with a possible gun, and you see the leery-looking guy, and the other guy who's still just comparing the two snack candies. <laughs> okay. And he's also, he's like a taller, like, bulky dude. And then you see the fourth guy, the one that Ruby hadn't seen, and he's like a little gaunt-looking, taller dude, and every time he talks, though, you can see that he has, like, a distinct gold tooth. Uh, okay. The other guys are clearly kind of following him. I don't remember any gold tooth guy. I was gonna make a joke, like, it turned out it was a dude who was, like, an extra in an episode of Space Cadet and had a line. It's actually Joe Pesci from Home Alone. <laughs> oh my god. We're not doing another one of those episodes. Not yet. It's not a holiday yet. Is that is that literally what you were picturing, though, when you decided to put this character here? No, no, no. Just that's the only character I can think of that has a gold tooth off the top of my head. All right. So, yeah, that's what you see when you run down. And you can see also that the cashier kid is kind of, like, nervous now. Ooh, okay. So then Myra runs back up and updates the team. Ruby, when she says gold tooth, that's what triggers a memory for you. You're fairly certain... Given the voice and given the tooth, this is the guy who mugged you last year. <gasps> Dick! Chapter 11. Step Up. Part 3. Mask and Mayhem uses Mutants and Masterminds 3rd edition by Green Ronin Press. We are not affiliated. The show is written, produced, and brooded over with angst by myself, R.C. Byler. You can subscribe for free to us on all major podcast platforms. If you use Podchaser, though, please leave us a review. This week's Intel Drop was brought to you by Pope Brandon Brownson. Follow us on Twitter, where we post all the episodes, cool art, articles written by the cast and crew, all sorts of things. We'd love to connect with you. Speaking of Twitter, though, if you'd like to be included as an NPC, leave a little feedback using the hashtag MayhemCast, and you could be entered to be a potential NPC for a future episode. Our official art is by Jen Evans, and our branding is by AJ Solomon. Our theme music is by Cloud Road Music. Additional music credits, social media links, blog posts, and episodes can be found on our website at masksandmayhem.com.